Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. All right. I'm pretty excited because I have a guest interview for you today. And I haven't had a guest on the show in about, ooh, has to be about two months now. All of November, I was traveling. December, definitely took that downtime over the holidays. And now I'm back at it. And I'm going to introduce you to him in just a moment. Uh, A few little housekeeping things, two things I want to remind you of. Number one, we have registration, the early bird registration for our Canadian Fitness Business Summit is ending on January 31st. So there's less than two weeks to get in on early bird registration. That saves you $100 on a ticket, plus gives you $450 in bonuses. There's two courses and some books as well. So I want to jam with you on April 13th and 14th of this year in Mississauga with 10 of my awesome business friends to teach you how to be better in your fitness business, more with marketing, sales, funnels, systems, mindset, and all that intricate stuff that actually makes a business run. So go to www.cfbs.ca, grab your ticket for this event because as of February 1st, tickets are going to go up by $100. That's our regular registration and the bonuses are going to be gone too. So if you want to spend more money and not get $450 in bonuses, then definitely don't get your ticket right now. But if you want to come with me on April 13th and 14th, spend two days with me with 10 of my awesome friends, go right now, cfbs.ca, grab your tickets. The other thing I need to remind you of is that our Learn to Earn mentorship applications are closing this week. So as of this Friday, we are going to be closing the registration deadline the 25th of January, um, uh, we're closing registration or applications for our Learn to Earn Mentorship. This is three months of aligning with Joe and I to help you take your business to the next level. How we do that is we help you integrate systems into your business. And I'm telling you right now, you most likely do not have solid systems. If you did, you would be able to scale your business faster, you would have less stress, and you would have less anxiety, and you would just feel more comfortable that you're actually running a business and you're not running in chaos mode. Are you there? Are you running in chaos mode? So we want to help you integrate an awesome marketing system, onboarding system, sales system, nurturing system, and a duplication system so that you can actually scale your business. There is no way that you're ever going to be able to scale, make more money, have less anxiety without proper systems. That's how businesses work. We run on systems. And then we can teach people how to work those systems as well. And this creates no duplication throughout our business and and we can uh, outsource and, and scale even further. But first, foundationally, you know, if you're stuck at an income level, getting proper systems in place is numero uno. So applications are closing this Friday, January 25th. We only have three spots left. We only take 15 fitness professionals because we keep it small, we keep it intimate, we do a lot of private coaching with you, so we don't take more than 15. We are pretty much full. Applications will be closing as soon as we are full. So if that's before the 25th of this Friday, 
then they will be closed. If we have one spot left, I might be able to sneak it over into the other week, but we start Friday, February 1st. So in less than two weeks, we are starting together for three months to be able to take your business to the next level. If this sounds like something that you want to do, something you want to align with Joe and I for three months, head on over to learntoearnofficial.com. You'll be able to see the full program outline, what you get, dates. We're actually going to spend some one-on-one time together. Like we're going to be in a room together for days at a time. And then we're going to do some distant private coaching as well. This is a very immersive, immersive program because I know that People excel the most, the more attention they get. And I'm, I'm sure you're even like that with your clients as well. So learn to earnofficial.com or hit me up with a DM anywhere that you can find me and, and we can chat, fill an application and, and let's have a phone call. All right, let's get to my guest today. I have Joey Persera coming in for an interview. Joey's actually one of our speakers at our summit, so I thought it would be pretty cool for him to come on here, and we could chat it out for a little bit, and you can get to know Joey. Joey is actually a former fitness pro turned copywriter and marketing consultant. You know, over a decade ago, he started his career as a health and fitness professional, and now he writes, he coaches, and he consults with some of the most reputable coaches and brands and companies that he actually looked up to for years. So, Joey knows how to write words that sell. That's what copywriting means. So we're going to jam with him all about that today. And uh, a lot of people say that he is genuine, refreshing, and badass. So let's welcome Joey to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So those of you listening here, Joe and I, Joe and I met uh, March of 2018 at Craig Ballantyne's event. And I think it's so great to network and go to events and meet high-vibing people that are doing awesome things as well so that we can, you know, connect and talk to you guys. And Joey's actually one of our speakers at our Canadian Fitness Business Summit coming up April 13th and 14th of this year. So I had to bring you on. Which will be awesome. Yeah, I had to bring you on the show (laughs) to introduce you. Yeah. So before we get in, I have a ton of questions and I want to talk about marketing and copywriting and teaching people how to sell through words, which I think is such an amazing skill. Um, But before we get into all that, I'd love for you to just take a minute, introduce yourself, let us know all the awesome stuff that you have going on and and how you really came to do what you're doing now. Yeah, cool. I'll give you the the short version. Um, So basically, I am um, a copywriter and marketing consultant for uh, mostly health and fitness businesses, um, also personal development coaches, usually higher ticket coaches. Um, so I actually fell into the arena when I was building my fitness coaching business like a few years ago. Um, and I, I hated the idea of selling. Um, I was more on this, like I, I grew up, like, I think with most people kind of like a screwed up relationship around money. Um, (laughs) yeah, like a lot of people. So I just hated the idea of selling and I thought, um, just get really good at, at what I do and like, just go to school more and get more certifications and, and get my, my master's degree and all. And and that should get me the clients and that should help me make more money. Well, it didn't turn out like that. So I was at a a mastermind and I started hearing about this thing called copywriting. Um, and I had no idea what it was. And at the time I I still had my online stuff. So I was writing, I was doing stuff. I just didn't know there was this whole other world, um, or a specific like niche inside of marketing that was copywriting. And for those of you listening who might not know what it is, or just are kind of unclear, I like to just simplify it as, um, a message, like 
the words. So whether it's spoken or written, um, that's what I would consider copy. And um, it's in the case of how I work with clients is direct response stuff. So we, the intention of those of that message is to get some sort of action, whether it is um, to purchase or to like or to follow or to just start a conversation. And that's just the end of it. So I, I, I dove into the whole area of copy and I started really enjoying it. Um, and it's funny because like I not only did I hate selling prior, but I uh, I hated writing too. I was like, I'm a terrible writer. I did bad at writing in school. It just wasn't good, which I think uh, in most cases is a good transition into like being able to sell with words because the, the really technical writers have a lot harder time making those sales uh, mm-hmm. because that's not really how people think and, and, and how they talk um, or how they read as well. So I think that might have been why it was uh, it was more enjoyable for me. And yeah, I just like, I started doing it as, uh, as like a side hustle when I was still building my coaching business. Um, I didn't love fitness coaching online. I loved it in person, but the online, it was, it was a bit different for me. Um, and I liked the, the writing a lot more. So both businesses were growing fast. And I was like, I'm going to go towards this side. And then I was like, eventually if, if, you know, I feel differently about the coaching, I can always go back to it cause I'll be way better at, at writing and, and marketing and stuff. So we're, um, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> it's still all full on, uh, full on marketing, but it's, it's been great. The transition was fun. Yeah, that's so cool. You and I have like very similar stories with, you know, being in the trenches with fitness. And I think that's so cool from a coach perspective of really understanding the industry. And, you know, it allows us to coach and help people and really understand um, how those people work and what they really need. So was it that that you had the desire to learn how to sell and market yourself better that piqued your interest to learn about copywriting? Yeah. really just to grow my business. I was like, how, like, how do I grow it? Um, like, what do I do? What do I need to do? So yeah, that, that was the main thing. Okay. It's like, how can I better communicate with people, um, online in the online world to, to become clients or to just like become part of my world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that kind of, it dove me in, it drove me into it. And I, I did like when I was younger, I liked reading and writing um, but then somewhere along the lines, I think it was very school related. I started to loathe it and hate it. And I was like, I don't want any part of this. And I think it was because they're trying to teach you to write a very specific way. And it just like felt weird to me. And I was like, I'm not good at this uh, because my grades weren't good at it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so I stayed uh, like I stayed away from it for like a really long time. Um, even reading the only stuff I was reading was like were like training articles. Like I wasn't reading any other books. I wasn't reading, you know, any fiction. Um, and when I was young, I, I used to love it. My grandpa used to get me books all the time. And I remember I used to really like, really like reading them. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where it happened or when it happened, but it's sometime in school that I just was like, nope, no more. <laughs> yeah. I think writing is such an interesting topic. And you said so many key things there when you were introing yourself about, you know, I'm not a good writer, you know, putting that label on yourself. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm selling to people. And I believe that everybody feels that way. No one wants to feel like they're tricking or conning someone into something. And I think that's kind of the the mindset that people go to when they go to selling. And then when it comes to writing, I mean, I've heard over and over again from people, they sit down to write an email or write a social media post and they're like, 
uh, I have no idea what to say. So for those people listening here who are in that boat where they're like, writing is like not my thing, like, you know, they're kind of putting up that barrier. What would you say are some first steps to ease that process of writing better? So I think before I even get into tactical stuff, the first thing, and, and it's key to, you actually said it was, putting yourself in that box. Mm. So when you say I'm not a good writer or you say, I don't know what to write, you're like, that's the position and like stance you're coming from. So all the actions that you do and the way you think is going to like, that's what's going to happen. So you're, you are going to sit there and be like, crap, I don't know what to write. And like, just stare at the screen. So the first thing is just like, and Craig talks about this, just taking that label away. Um, and that, to me, it's just like, that's the, the stance you're coming from. Like, you don't say that. That's not that's not part of it. Now, getting into the tactical side of things, um, there's a few different things. I actually have, um, like, a, a small product on this that I created just because I was like, this was huge. This was, like, a big part of it. And I had, like, a chapter or two in my book about it. Um, I talked about it, like, like just creating content. But um, I didn't really dive into kind of some of the other specifics. And one of them is, again, the mindset thing of like getting out of the idea that uh, when you're going to write something initially, it has to be perfect. Um, because first of all, as you probably know, there is no such thing as perfection. Um, another thing is that uh, like your creative side of your brain and your analytical side of your brain work uh, separately. So if you're trying to do both things, and this happens when you try to write and edit at the same time, you try to make like every sentence perfect as you're writing it, uh, they go back and forth and you don't allow yourself to get into like a flow state or to get into a state where you're actually just like everything's coming out. And anyone who's like written a bit knows like some days you'll just sit down and stuff will just like come out and you're like, this is awesome. I wish I could do this all the time. Um, and part of it has to do with like your mood, but part of it has to do with actually like your intention and how you're actually writing. So one of the things that I have people do or, and I I do with myself is, uh, even if I sit down and I, or I always go into writing with an intention of what I'm going to write. Um, so like an idea, I won't plan on writing without that. Then when I do start, I don't start on a completely blank page. Um, I will put, I'll either start just writing whatever uh whether i can like i'm in the in the zone where i can just start putting stuff out and and making sense or i'll just write like facts like stuff i can i can look at like the wall is blue like it's really nice outside or it's really cold outside like i don't want to go outside and just kind of like you you cut all that stuff out after um but that just gets things going it gets the wheels turning and then you know lines it might be like a page later you actually get into something that's going to be good and like that'll end up on the final draft but i think the the whole thing of trying to write and edit at the beginning is like it's and it's so hard to do like i even i even have trouble not editing when i'm writing like i'll do it and i'm like don't don't mm-hmm. do this don't yeah do i catch, so I catch myself doing that too yeah 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 um and i actually heard i, I haven't done this but um I forgot who it was. I was at a mastermind. The guy, I, I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, it was, it was Nathan, the guy who owns, who started ConvertKit. Um, he's like, just put a piece of tape, and I'm sure he got it some front, put a p- piece of tape or a piece of paper over your backspace button. I was like, whoa, that is, that'll <laughs> That's really. That's intense, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and it's just like, 
I think just some people don't realize that the the brain that that works separately, right? Yeah. So if you just know that, you're just like, okay, I'm just as as much as I'm as I want to, I'm going to try as best as I can not to edit while I'm writing. Yeah. And you you go back and do that stuff all the time. The magic is in the editing anyway. It's not in the initial draft. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting process, like the creative process with the left and the right brain. It's actually something I've, I've mentioned on my last couple episodes here on the podcast because I had noticed that I was in a massive block, like literally the past two months, like nothing yeah. <laughs> was even come, like no ideas, like nothing. And I'm a super creative, love to write, talk type of person. And I had realized that I had been putting myself in too much of the analytical, logical brain. Like I was reading too much. I was listening to too many podcasts. Like I wasn't giving myself that actual space to be able to get into a creative process. Is mm -hmm. there anything that you do or you suggest that can allow people to open up that right side of their brain a little bit better or any, yeah. anything that you do? <clears throat> yeah, I do. Um, I do a few th different things. Um, so one is again, just to be aware of that. So ideas and like inspiration and stuff are it's it they come from just like paying attention to your environment really is what it comes down to so you can create content or like emails social media posts whatever it is blog posts about things that are like happen in your life no matter no matter what it is the way someone looked at you something that someone said in line when when you were food shopping or your your trip to the to the like anything so just being aware of that first and like actually paying or paying attention to it and maybe writing that stuff down and like in your notes in your phone or actually having like a little journal, um, you know, that, that you kind of bring around with you. And that's more of like, if you're really great in content, um, but like notes in your phone does just fine. And just when ideas come to you, you just write that down. So again, when you go down to create content, you can just look back at that and it's, it, you're not starting from scratch anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing is just being aware of it. Now, there's other things like you can use uh, in the the marketing side of things. You'll hear people say like swipe files a lot, and that's just really um, examples of work that you can kind of refer to to get ideas. And some people take it too far and they copy stuff, which you don't do that. But um, it's good to have that stuff, and you can even I'm I'm like always reading something, uh, whether it's, it is like a kind of personal development book or, or like business book, whatever it is. Um, and I try, and I, I say this, I tell people to do this, but I, I don't do it all the time is, is read some sort of fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is huge. Like the people read the, the nonfiction books to like get something out of it. So that is enough for the most part to keep them engaged. Whereas on the fiction side of things, they're not like, they're not, there's not golden nuggets and like hidden stuff in there that people like want to learn. It's the story has to be good and it has to catch your attention. Otherwise you stop reading. So, um, just learning like, or, or getting that in your brain and like seeing that difference more frequently, that stuff just starts to come out in when you're talking, when you're writing, like you start, um, you, you adapt very quickly. Like a big thing in you'll hear in the copywriting world is like people handwrite sales letters or handwrite whatever. Um, and part of that's just like, there is a, a link between doing that and like it becoming ingrained in you. But I did that a lot at the beginning when I was learning. And it's funny cause like 
I started writing like those people that I was copying their, their, uh, like handwriting their sales letter. Like when I was actually writing stuff, like mm-hmm. a lot of the similarities come out and I was like, Oh, and people, people would say like, Oh, you write like this person. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause I think there's something really powerful about the hand to paper. So you're suggesting take someone else's work and just rewrite it on a piece of paper to get the flow and the, the get, get it ingrained. That's like, I mean, that, that's the thing. And that's a lot of people do it. I don't like, I'm not gung ho about like, if, if you're a business owner and you just want to write better copy, I think hand, hand copying sales letters is just, it's, it's, it's too far ahead. Like mm. not even that. I just think it's, it's not necessary. Not necessarily. Um, I think you just need to put out content more and like, that's how you get better. Yeah. Um, like that, the hand, hand copying stuff is good. It takes a lot of time and it's like, whatever, if you want to be a copywriter, I think that should be yeah. part of your life, at least for like a short period of time. Um, because it's just like accelerated learning, right? Like I, I'm a big, um, big fan of kind of, okay, for like this month or these three months, I'm solely focusing on this. Um, like uh, if, if you, if you suck at like in-person sales and, and that's how you close people like, cool for like these three months, that's every, anything I read, like everything's going to be focused on that. I'm going to have more conversations. I'm going to study more. I'm going to do all that stuff. Um, and then you develop that skill way faster than you're just like, I'm going to slowly do yeah. this. Over. It's like the 10,000 hour rule, right? The, you know, what yeah. you focus on, what you practice, it's, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to marketing with the fitness professionals, because that's who we attract here on this show, what would you say are, that you see of some of the big common mistakes that you see people making with their marketing? Yeah. <laughs> I know this could be a rather <laughs> <old> conversation. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing would probably be not knowing who you want to attract or not mm. or not wanting to like zero in on, on someone specifically. Um, it's a, it's a really weird thing to wrap your head around that there's like, no, if, if you really focus down on, uh, on one person, like you're going to be able to help way more people. But then you're, you're, you know, like part of your brain's like, that doesn't make sense. Like I'm just, I'm alienating a ton of people by doing that. Um, and you're like, and I also don't want to like lock, lock myself in this box. And like, what I if I want to help you know? everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is because well, I think what a lot of people are doing what they're doing because of it. They're like, Oh, this is all like, I get paid to do that. I can get paid to like coach people and like health and fitness and help them lose weight. And um, I mean, that's why I got into it. I was like, this is super cool. And yeah, then you like, it's weird to turn yourself off. And some people, uh, just don't want to make a decision. Like I was like that for a while when I was coaching, I was like, nah, I want to work with like, uh, I, I want to work with like girls who want to get bigger butts. And I also want to work with like the powerlifter cause that's what I did. And like, there was just, I, I want to work with like the football player and I want to work with like this person who like, who can't even squat because their knee's so bad. But in reality, it's just cause they just mm-hmm. don't know how to move right now. Like, so it's, I think that's the biggest thing is like honing in on a, on a specific, um, person and, and being the, the expert in that area. So like you attract people rather than you chase people. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. And so once people really narrow that down, why does that help expedite their marketing results? Because, um, the content you create and the way you speak, it, it resonates with them. Mm Mm-hmm. So like the biggest thing uh, for anyone, any problem, um, they want to be acknowledged for the most part and understood. 
So when you're using the language that they use or talking about um, a problem that they might have or a symptom that is showing up in their life right now and when that comes out in your writing and not like, not like you have bullets of like, are you tired? Are you angry? Like that, that doesn't really hit home. That doesn't make someone feel stuff. They're just like, ah, this guy's selling me something. Whereas when you're writing and you're able to hone in on specific things and tell a story, whether it's from your life or a, another client's life or someone, someone's life that you helped or something that you saw and, and you can hone in on, the, on that stuff. Someone's like, wow, this person gets me or like, holy crap, this is what I'm going through too. And then if that story ends up, holy crap, you helped them. They're like, yes, this is awesome. This, this is probably the person to help me too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I think it really just goes back to the people just wanting to, to feel understood. Um, and when you can do, when you hone in on someone, like you're able to target that and, and really make someone feel something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said that so well, because, you know, I believe that marketing is not selling your product. It's making someone believe that you're the coach or the solution for them. And in order to do that, they need to feel understood and heard by you. Mm -hmm. So are there any certain, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm just asking, are there (laughs) any certain like laws or guidelines when it comes to copywriting? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, on the legal side, yeah. You, like, just to uh, help the audience understand a little bit more. Um, do you mean, like, legal? Legal? Or, like, or like just, like, oh, here are, like, commandments and rules. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if you're sitting to write down a message and mm-hmm. you want it to be in a really uh, attractive um, way for someone, are there certain things that need to be in that copy or statements or, like, a flow that people could, you know, follow or take tips from? Yeah, there's, um, there are, uh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But th- there's also like, you can Google like copywriting formulas and they'll be broken down. And what I, what I found earlier on when I was doing that is, um, some were just really hard for me to wrap. And, and it's funny you see it because like a lot of them are the same. If you like get a huge list, a lot of them are the same or you'll see similarities between a lot of people. But and, and in, in like fitness, people change the names of stuff and like coin them different differently, which is a part of marketing because that message becomes branded to them or that template becomes branded to them. So what I did was I found, um, I found ones that were easy for me to wrap my head around and, uh, I was easy, like able to apply them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, one, one kind of popular one is, um, is PAS and it's like problem agitate solution. Um, and just like taking a big step back on a really granular or not a granular level, uh, you know, yeah, a macro level. Um, that's in a lot of different messages. So I, I usually say that's kind of the, the flow that like I like to follow. Um, and another way I like to think about it is, I want someone to feel an emotion first as opposed to, cause a lot of copying, a lot of, if you're actually getting on the sales side of it, a lot of it is overcoming objections. But before you can even get to the objections of, is this going to work for me? Are you telling the truth? Like all of that stuff, you have to, the person has to want something mm-hmm. or they have to, they have to be engaged in it. So before you can get into like analytical stuff, there has to be emotional stuff or something that's going to either get someone excited, 
make someone feel like an emotion first before graduating them to that next step of being like, okay, here are more facts or like, here's what, you know, here's who this is for, here's who this isn't for, here's what you need to do next. Like you can't do any of that without first having some, someone wanting to, to keep reading or, or take the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would say the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's key because a lot of people try to sell facts. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting like eight weeks of PT sessions and like, the you know, the components. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, what's that saying? Uh, facts, f- facts that tell, stories sell. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And that's also, that's a really hard, um, again, that's like a hard thing to, to wrap your head around. At least at, for me it was because I, I think part of it was, um, is just was my personality, and I was just I'm more of an anal- analytical thinker. So, um, like that's how I kind of compare things for the most part. Yeah. Still, like there's a lot of emotion that goes into my buying, no matter what. But I I, I lean more towards that, yeah. um, or at least I tell myself that, and like all my personality tests have have said that too. Um, so it was hard for me to to wrap my head around that. I'm just like, and as a coach. Uh, and if, if you're really in here, you've been doing this stuff for a long time, it's usually hard too, because knowing like the, this specific program or like this type of diet or this type of whatever is, is going to get them the, the result. It's like, that's what you want to tell them about, but like, mm-hmm. that's not what they care about. They just care about like getting to that end point. They don't care how they do it or what happens. They just, they just want that end result, whether it's a weight, whether it's to get out of pain, whether it's to, you know, perform, uh, like X, like they don't care how you get them there. Yeah. They just want to get there. That's gold. Um, because I see so many coaches, nutritionists and trainers trying to sell information that the, like they don't, the client doesn't care. Like they don't care how smart you are. They don't care. And like what you were saying when you introduced yourself there about more qualifications and more education yeah. and like that's not going to sell for you. That doesn't yeah. create the authority for someone to be excited to work with you. So, you, and, But you think about it, you're like, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it makes sense, but no, no it doesn't make sense. No. So it's like, not, you when to, you like, not when you really understand that, that people buy for emotional reasons, mm-hmm. um, which to me is still hard. Like it's, I know it, uh, but even in some cases, like my wife will tell me something or she'll do something and I'm, uh, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like that just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And like, I'll get, sometimes I'm, I get angry. I'm like, no, that just, it makes no sense. Why would that person do that? <laughs> I'm like, well, cause it's a, uh, it's emotional stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how emotions and stories, like that's what really ropes people in. And I mean, I, I'm on your email list. Anybody listening here, if you're not on Joey's email list, go get on it. Cause like, I love your emails. They're fantastic. You bring in so much, so many stories and pop culture and, I think bringing stories into writing is so key because you get people to invest in that journey or that story and that creates the emotion. And sometimes that comes easy for people like Joe, he, he tells stories through his speaking, through his coaching. Like it just, that's how he taught. He literally just talks through stories. And it's been something that I've been focused on like really the past six months through like my podcast and my writing. It's, it's had to be very intentional for me. So yeah. was storytelling always something that came naturally for you or is that no, <laughs> something no, you worked and on? I think, uh, and I think it's still not that natural. I mean, I, I'm very aware of it now, but, um, yeah, no, I never, 
I never considered well, going back to the understand thing. I never considered myself a, a good storyteller before. Um, so I think it wasn't until I, cause again, it was like analytical. I'm like facts, like this is, this is what happened. This is what happened next. Like, yeah. so it was, it was different for me to get into the more of like the, the more storytelling thing. But again, it, I, it just comes back to for, um, for someone who doesn't feel that way or don't that, you know, they don't think, um, that they're, they're good at is just to be aware of it and like, and actually just start trying to do it more mm-hmm. or not even not trying, just start doing it more in your writing in your speaking, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I was never, uh, or I, I don't know, maybe when I was a kid, I was, but I, for a while, I never considered <laughs> myself a good storyteller, but my, my wife said, you're a great storyteller. I'm like, that's weird. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if it's it, something you it, want to focus on, like I'm catching myself now, it's becoming a little bit more natural. Um, yeah. you know, you can always change the way you speak, the way that you think. And it's just, it's a skill. Well, yeah, that, and that going back to what I was saying of like just spending X, like a, a smaller or not uh, just an intensive period of time on something, it just becomes like part of mm-hmm. your life. Like mm-hmm. the, it just becomes a, the way that you think, um, and the way that you act. So if, yeah, if you can do that, you just, you focus on storytelling, like that's going to start coming out in like your normal conversations. And then, um, over time, you also, I think any mark of like a great storyteller is they have specific stories for situations and lessons that they will tell over and over again. And I have a, a good friend of mine who is probably one of the, the best storytellers that I know. And I've, I've been, you know, being in different circles and being around him for a few years and like, watching him speak or, or being part of it and, and just different areas. I've seen him tell the story uh, multiple times, a, a lot of times. And like each time he tells a story, he's like, he's telling it as a story. Like he's paying attention to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's making a great story. It's not just, you know, here was this thing that happened and that's it. Even in, even in small settings, like me, him, my wife. Mm. Are you talking about talk- John Romanello? Yeah. 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 But, I met him for the yeah. first time in San Diego. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. So John, he was, his was, uh, his mastermind was the one that like years ago, I kind of, I found out about copywriting and it was actually, I think around that time, that's when, um, we started like hanging out in the morning, like becoming good friends. And, um, yeah, I've like, I've just heard him tell the same stories to like, whether it's lessons, whether it's like small little things, like he has, um, Something about uh, a story about, I think, like where like uh, Cheers came from or whatever, like the whole thing behind it. And I've heard him tell it a couple of times. I'm just like, every time I hear it, I'm like, whoa, that is awesome. You're like, he sucked me in again. <laughs> yeah. But it's so good. And, and Don's like, uh, I mean, he has an extensive writing background and he's very articulate and very smart and very intelligent. And, um, but he also seeing someone put intention into, Mm-hmm. His storytelling as good as like he already is and seeing someone like focus on that all the time. It's uh, it was like, oh, that's how you become good at storytelling. Mm-hmm. You actually pay attention and you do it well. Yeah. And that's the whole, you know, concept of, you know, if you can tell stories really well, it naturally and authentically just sells. Yep. And that is that whole your, your whole premise behind copywriting to yeah. create a message that isn't directly selling, but it is. Yeah, it, it, uh, it really depends on, um, the medium and the, how familiar and like the awareness level of the person that you're trying to sell or 
trying to communicate with. Um, there's some cases where usually the less someone knows you or the less they know about their problem, um, that's where you need more stories and you need to take um, a, a less direct approach. Rather, if, if there's, on the other hand, if there is someone who's very aware of their problem and has maybe tried multiple things of, um, you know, like we're talking about like weight loss or something and um, you're, and maybe they, or maybe they've even purchased from you before or at the level where they're just looking for different programs and it's just coming down to a decision, you can take a bit more direct approach with that mm-hmm. stuff or like someone who's already an ex program and you want to gra- graduate them to your next step they they're already familiar with you yeah. like you don't need to intro- you don't need to reintroduce yourself to someone you've known after years you know what i mean you're not like someone you know your best friend for 15 years you're not like hey i'm joey nice to meet you and they're just like all right it's <laughs> like, like okay weirdo <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um but I, yeah, I I think storytelling is is huge because um, it just it speeds up the the relationship and like the trust factor and and you can make people feel emotions um, even if it's not like the story's not directly related to you it's not like imagine and like trying to foreshadow for them it's not doing any of that you can tell a story of of someone else and people can feel that emotion it's like when people watch movies. And like anything, good, bad, whatever, and then they like they take that on. Whether it's it's a romantic movie, they're like, oh, this is so great, yeah. or like something a sad one, they're like, oh man, like people take that on. It's from a story. Yeah, I think, and stories are po- so powerful because, and especially in the fitness and weight loss industry, you know, most of us got into it because we had an experience ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's building a personal brand, the best thing you can do is build your business through your story. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And you mentioned something really key there a couple minutes ago about levels of awareness. And most people who know they have a weight problem have known for a while, like what you said. They've tried multiple things. And I see so many fitness and health professionals not deepening the relationship with that prospect or that audience or, or follower, whoever it is, to get them to see them as a solution for them. Because they've tried, if you're just trying to sell, you know, like lose 20 pounds and blah, 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 and like this many training sessions and you get meal plans, like how does someone emotionally connect to that? Yeah. And if, yeah. uh, I was just going to say there's, I think it kind of depends on like where you're focusing on to, like what market you're in. If you're just doing like $20 eBooks and you want to sell millions of them and like that's your main goal, um, and you know, for the most part, a lot of people who buy those don't necessarily have, like, take action on them to have their transformation. You don't need, like, as much of a personal brand in there. Like, some mm-hmm. of those people, they, they don't have faces to them, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if you're, like, coaching and there's more intimate one-on-one stuff and you want to build, like, a personal connection, you need all that stuff in there. Like, with, um, with and this is part of the branding side of things in your marketing, um, when you tell those stories and you tell those stories often, people just connect with you. Like anyone who's, I, I use, I use the example of like sports a lot. Like if you played a sport when you were younger and you say that, like for whatever reason, like, oh yeah. Like, I, and, and I, I talk about this, um, or I, I talked, I think I wrote an email like this week or last week on it, like for probably 
six or eight years of my life, I skateboarded. Like I was like a sponsored skateboarder. Like that's all I did. That was what my life revolved around. And I've told that story or mentioned that multiple times. And like, I'll always get people that, that have skateboarded like when they grew up and they're, they, they just like feel more connected to me. Or, um, the other day I wrote something about like martial arts. So I was in karate for like years when I was younger. Um, and same thing. Someone's like, Oh my God, like I was in martial arts too. What martial arts did you do? Like how long are you in there? And, and it's just like, it creates more of a connection Whether if I just told whatever lesson or whatever it was before. And I didn't like, if someone can take your copy or if someone doesn't, doesn't like hear your voice and get that feeling like they're talking to you when they're reading your copy, it's not like, it's not personal. It's, it's not personal enough. Like someone shouldn't be able to, to, to steal your shit put it on their website or put it on like make a Facebook post for it for the most part. And they shouldn't be able to do that. And someone be like, Oh yeah. Like I can, you know, I can hear Joey's voice in that. If, if I, if I took it from someone else, like it should be, whether it's, it's the words that you use, it's certain, um, it's certain like phrases that you use often. It's the punctuation and like the, the way your sentences flow. Cause there's different cadences in, in writing just like in music and all that stuff. And that comes across, um, when you put stuff out. So like it does, and I don't want people to think like, crap, I need to pay attention to like all this stuff. And, and again, try to be perfect when I'm writing. You're just like, no, you just be aware of it. I think it's just like, if I try to put my personality into the stuff I'm writing more, um, then people connect with me more. Like that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. I want to switch gears here a little bit. I want to talk about your book. Yeah. And I love the title. Why <laughs> do you hate money? Like that is so genius. And just anybody listening here who's coming to, you know, the Canadian Fitness Business Summit in April, Joey is giving a copy to everybody coming. So, I'm yeah. excited to to give those books out. But what is this book about? Because this title is so awesome. It's um it's about hating money. So, no, like <laughs> it's about and again, this is part of uh how I felt like getting into the industry and like I, I had, like I said, I had a weird relation. So part of it is just, I want to help people with, uh, with their copywriting and marketing to grow their business, plain and simple. Um, it is like fitness marketing and fitness copywriting just because that's what I did, but it's, it's any industry. Like that's what it is. It's, it's not only specific to health, but, um, it is on the, on the title or in the subtitle, but that's it. But, uh, I think a large part of it, is the me wanting to help people more. Um, so I met so many people and I was one of the people who had the mindset of like not wanting to sell or like not wanting to feel salesy. So I did like everything that I knew and everything that I was doing with my clients and putting, doing more personality driven stuff and like all the stuff, the sales copy that I was writing for them that didn't feel salesy and like everything that I learned to, to help other people do this as well. So it's, yeah, that's the, the whole thing is like learning how to sell with your words without feeling like a sellout. Like that was the main thing. So there's even some like money mindset stuff in there too, because that was a huge thing for me. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons I actually dove into copy because I just didn't like sell so much. So I was like, Oh, if I don't have to have the conversation of actually talking to someone in person, this will be easier. And then I just, and it's funny because like that's I talk to my like actual people I do done for you work like I talk to them on the phone anyway like it's still yeah. I'm still doing face to face and in person sales but um yeah so like that's 
that's that's it. And but there's think, a lot of yeah. So the, the industry is there's a lot of people in the industry who um, I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. Oh, I was just about to say yeah. There's so many people, and yeah. my, we've had quite a few people on the show too talking about money mindset, and it's such an interesting topic because we go into business because we want to help people. But, you know, in reality, we want to make a good income and like nobody wants to admit that, but we do like we all want money. We want to feel like we're compensated. Like and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But we, funny, somewhere but, along the lines, we were told there was something wrong with it. And you get fearful because you don't want to raise your prices. And then you get fearful because yeah. you don't want to ask for the sale. And then you get fearful because you don't want to feel salesy. And it's like this weird, like, polarizing dynamic that happens with, like, money and sales and, like, having a service-based business or selling anything, really. Yeah. Have yes, you really Have you done work on your money mindset or have you seen over the years things change? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that's part of like the book. I think it started when I, I dove into copy. Um, and then, so, and, and I talked about this with like my, my clients who I do, um, or like my consulting clients who I, I like, I don't actually write their copy. I help them with it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, and this comes up a lot and I'm like, listen, we like, you just have a level you're at right now. I talk about like one of my, one of the big books that kind of, um, helped me get out of my comfort zone a lot was the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about like upper limit problems. So like right now there's this glass ceiling and like, you can't, we can't break past that glass ceiling just because it's, and again, it goes back to like how we act and the decisions that we make, like the stance we're coming from. So you can break through that, but that doesn't like you're, you have another one there. Like most people don't go from just being like, cool, I'm charging $200 uh, a month for like fitness coaching. They don't, go to people, they, they don't be like, cool, I don't have that problem anymore and start charging $2,000 a month. And, and people charge that. So there's, again, there's just more junk that we have inside of us. And you're just like, yeah. got to find that stuff yeah. and break through it. And then again, it's, it's the audience too, is having that audience that would pay, that's be willing to pay for it. Um, and the skills to make someone understand, like, is this worth it to them? But, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it took, um, I think that's something that, it'll, it'll be for like years. Cause now with, with what I do, uh, <laughs> the price is a lot higher yeah. than what I was doing in fitness coaching, yeah. you know, like yeah. 10, 20 X, you know what I mean? Like that, that was like me too. I was going from like $200 a month fitness coaching asking for thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. And I'm like, what? It just, yeah. it was a hard concept to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think part of it is, a lot of it is getting more comfortable, um, around that. And like knowing, um, the value that like your product or service provides and, and how this person really wants this. Like if, if you went into the doctor with like a problem and you're like, I tried everything, I can't figure out. He's like, well, I have this solution, but like, I don't think you're going to, like, you don't have enough money for it. Like, how does that, how would that make you feel? You're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's part of it. And then also just understanding kind of how money works and like the flow of money that uh, it's someone's like willing, like if someone is willing to give you that money in exchange for this result or this feeling or this service that you're getting, like, that's what they want. Like it has no, there, there, there should be no part of like whether 
you feel a certain way about it. If they're willing to do that, that's that's what they're willing to do. Yeah. Like people can do whatever they want with their money. Yeah, it, it's an exchange, and especially yeah. you know, most people probably listen here in the service based industry. They're paying you for a result, mm-hmm. and I have found like even with my own money mindset, and you've probably seen this too. The more results you keep getting for clients, it'll validate your worth mm-hmm. because yeah, the, a, a lot like so much of it goes back to your self worth of not feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, n- not feeling like you're worth that Good much enough. of that value because of something happened in yeah. your past. Yeah. Uh, and we all have it, whether it's like if you had an amazing childhood and, and, uh, or you, it was super messed up, like you have that in some cases. So yeah, it's just, it's getting through that. And I was, again, going back to the analytical side, I was so against, um, a lot of the self-help stuff. Like if I didn't understand it, it, it like, that's, that's the way it, it like, it, it didn't work. So with like the money, I'm like, no, money's like this thing. And like, it has to be worth X and like, it's worth X. But I started doing some of, um, more of like paying some t- attention to the more woo woo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just is like, there's validity, like a lot of validity, validity to certain things. Um, yeah. now <laughs> how far you go is up to you, but if you're on, one end of the spectrum, um, I think you need to move towards the other side. No matter what side you're on right now, I think you need to do a little bit more of the other side to like find a balance and actually like get the most out of like what you want. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, I'm like you, I'm super like analytical. And over the past year, I've let more of the woo come in. <laughs> And it's actually worked out better because yeah. for me, like the, the woo-woo energetic, like the stuff you can't see, it's not tangible. Like you can't analyze it. Like it's like, it's not real. Yeah. So the energetic side of it, it took me a while to really believe in it mm-hmm. and to start being able to use it in business as well. And, um, yeah, we have, a, yeah, we have a really good like <laughs> NLP mindset coach as well, who helps us because it's reprogramming what you currently believe. And that's hard. It's like rewiring your whole house. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, weird. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It's, it's funny. And I, a thing that was easy for me is I found someone who I already respected um, and <clears throat> who was like, who came from the sports performance side of things as well, who, who talked about that stuff. But he came from like, he, he already had all these results. Like he was an all American, uh, all American wrestler, like all, like, on the, on that side of thing. And then on business side of it, and he talks about it. And that was an easier transition for me to make to like start paying more attention to it. Cause I'm like, it's not just like, you know, some hemp wearing dude who like doesn't actually like yeah. hasn't physically put in the work and you know what I mean? Cause I was always like putting like, you have to work harder. You have to work harder. Like that's it. Um, when it's, that's not the truth either, but, um, yeah, it was like, that was an easier transition for me. And then uh, same thing. There's a like, I'm, I'm not a, there's very few things that I'm just like totally opposed to now. I'm just like, not, I'm like, no, that, uh-uh, I don't believe it. Like I've had just too much weird stuff happen. Um, where I'm just like, yeah, this probably, there's probably something to that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you're so closed off, life feels so much harder and it feels like a struggle and it feels like so much work to get results. But the more you let these barriers down and you're just so much more open to like concepts and what's possible. And yeah, it's, it's like things get easier. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And because I think a lot of it is related to like what you just said is of being energy, whether we can see the energy or not. And that sounds super woo woo, but yeah. like, 
I, so going back, I, since I was in martial arts for so long, like I meditated when I was, I don't know, like a kid, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I didn't know what, like part of the time I was just sitting there and like, oh, that's is, awesome. is this done yet? But, uh, and again, I stopped for like a super long time and it started like, because some, you know, people told me like, oh, this is, this is good for you or whatever, uh, like a couple years ago, but I didn't actually like start feeling things as much. Like when I, for the most part, when I do it now and I have different experiences, like I can, I can feel my body like a lot different. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think part of it <clears throat> is being more open to like feeling emotions and like actually feeling things rather than just be like, no, like I don't, yeah. I don't feel anything like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that, that was like a big part of it, actually being able to like feel stuff. And then it makes sense where you can like be, feel energy moving, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Like, I think the world is opening up more to the to these types of talks. And I think people aren't as closed down. Um, you know, if you probably look like our parents' generation, like you didn't talk about feelings, you just put your head down, you worked. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that type of work ethic and the results it gets. Um, but I think nowadays... You know, if we want more ease and flow in business, we need to give that to ourselves. And like, yeah. actually, right now, like I'm sitting in our meditation room yeah, um, because awesome. <laughs> I love this space. I love meditating. And the more I've been able to relax and be in the moment and feel my body, because I'm that like if I'm not in action, like results aren't happening. The more I've let go, the easier I stay in shape. Like the yeah. better I just feel, the more energy I have, the more business and money just flows. And I think that's such a hard concept for people to get around to just relax a little bit and like tune into yourself what you're thinking what you're feeling how you're connecting with things like does this project feel right like talk about writing like does this feel right for me to talk to my audience like this and the more you can do that the more things just happen yeah and it's and it's hard um like that's a super weird thing for a lot of people right and like i i still don't understand it of like trusting your gut like it's, it's hard to know like am i just being like a, a baby about this or like should I actually not do this thing yeah like it, it's really hard to understand and I had um <clears throat> I actually was writing something this morning of um which is like super emotional and I like I talk I'm pretty open like what I talk about I'm like I'll say most things on Facebook like I I think that's to like just connect with people and just like helping people yeah. that way it's yeah. I, I do that all the time but I was writing something that it's not even until um, next week. Like, you know, going back to the the event where we met, like I talked about this a little here, like I had a, a super bad concussion. Like I've had tons, I, I've had probably like eight of them in my life. Oh, wow. um, and I was super screwed up from this one, like all year, like till this day, it still messed me up. And it was the anniversary is about a couple it's a couple of weeks from now. So I was writing about that this morning and like, I have never felt so much stuff, both good and bad. Um, and that, that I was writing about my experience of, of that. And like how, um, again, my beliefs, I didn't understand, I didn't, uh, couldn't understand again, couldn't understand how people were like, they would say they're like grateful for like something stupid, right? Like being able to, to breathe or like the sun and I never understood that until like this happened because I want, like I had so much taken away from me and I thought I'd never have like, not, not breathing, but like other stuff back. And I appreciate so much more of like little things as well as, um, 
yeah, it's just like, and, and that's, I think part of the thing that just opened, opened me up to like anything. So I was like, I need to get better. Like I will do anything. Yeah. Like go to doctors. I'm like, what should I do? And like, uh, and there's a lot of stuff in like in that story that people, um, like friends and, and people close to me know about, but there's, I haven't talked about it online because again, another thing that I say, storytelling is you don't share stuff. That's, um, the highlight. <laughs> No, you, well, you don't share stuff that's open scars or like mm. open wounds. Sorry. Oh, yes. So things, if you're like currently going through them, that's the stuff where when people talk about like, that's like going vulnerable went bad, right? It's like people just like complain and whine and just like, oh, this is happening. You know, I, I'm a firm believer of like, you don't, if it's an open, open wound and it's bleeding out and you like, if it's, you're currently going through it, that's not something you share then. No. You share it after when there's a lesson and a takeaway and like you're, you don't have to be like fully healed and don't feel the same feelings, but it's not like you're not putting something out to, to get someone's pity or to, you know, to, to make them feel bad for you. Like I, that's the stuff that I'm just like, no, like I'll, I'll, I read that stuff all the time. I'm like, Oh, what the, oh, what is I this person? Online is interesting. Sometimes I scroll. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think that's an amazing point that you just said there about storytelling. And I've even had some clients ask me, like, I don't want to feel like I'm asking for sympathy. And, yeah. and that's the one thing, like, are you, are you being inspiring and teaching people a lesson through your story or are you asking for attention and sympathy? And I think, I think as human beings, we know when we're, what type of attention we're trying to get. Yeah. 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 I, I firmly agree with that. Yeah. 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 So I think that's, that's one of the easiest things to ask yourself is like, what's the reason that you are putting it out? Like if it, if it is for that, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't do it. And then again, if it is like an open, an open wound, maybe you shouldn't do it. Maybe you should wait. Um, but sharing, so, yeah. sharing story and being vulnerable and even like what you said that you just shared recently, it's those raw emotions that will actually make people feel so connected to you. Because like at the end of the day, yeah. like we're all just fucking human beings. Like we have emotions, yeah. we have insecurities, we have fears. And no matter where people think that they put people on pedestals, the more we can just share like that we're actually all experiencing life on the same level, it makes people trust you more, which is easier for selling, which is what you want to do in your business anyway. So yeah. those stories are so key it makes like you feel better too like a lot of the times it's we carry baggage around and it feels like you can say and and then it feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulder release yeah yeah a couple when i was still in fitness i wrote this article about um like my tattoos and like the like i have a sleeve and it was just what the different pieces mean to me and like the deeper meaning behind it because I didn't like talking about that stuff in person. Um, someone asked me, I'm just like, yeah, I just tried the tattoos. They're what they are. But um, I wrote that and I had so many, and there was no, it wasn't selling anything. There wasn't anything to it. It was, again, when I was still writing, it was just fitness stuff. So, and this was completely different. So I wrote and I had so many people just reach out, even like direct family members um, of being like, wow, like, you know, like you're so brave or that was amazing. And like, I, I, you know, I can't believe you, did. but I, I, that never even came across like this is, I wasn't like scared to put it out for the most part. It was, um, it was hard for me to write, but that's when I think that's when you know, you should put that stuff out because mm-hmm. like from that point, it, it just like the stuff that I thought was a big deal, wasn't a big deal to me anymore because like I just told the world. And yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I'd have those problems. Yeah. Um, 
So I think, yeah, that stuff's important. I think just going back to the, what are you trying to get out of it? And what are, if, if it's an open wound or not. And I think that's why writing is so cool too. Cause like what you said, like if people ask you in person about things, sometimes like it's hard for you to communicate properly on the spot and you don't even know if they're ready to hear what you actually want to say whereas writing gives you that chance to step back formulate your thoughts organize it right so that it comes out exactly the way you want it to like writing is such an art and it will never go away and I think it's one of the skills that people should always work on whether it's for business or whether it's just like communicating properly like a lot of mine and joe's like awesome conversations are through like a text message like (laughs) there are certain things that sometimes just you want to say but sometimes in person it's just it's not never going to come out the way that it should yeah it's it's like you have um because we don't like yeah we're able to form ideas and you can get stuff down the page and move stuff around and make it Mm -hmm. fit better or like think of better words that fit it's like if you've ever been uh, in person, like emotional and had a fight with someone or whatever, or just like not physical, just like yelling. And then you'll leave. And then like an hour later, you're like, shit, I should have said that. Yeah. Like oh, you can do that it. in your writing. Yeah. <laughs> you can say all of that. Yeah. And that, that's, again, that's what I love about it too. It's like, you can, uh, you, you can get your message up, across so much easier. Um, less words, more effective, more emotional, more powerful. Like that's, that's the benefit of writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be around forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joey, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This has been an amazing chat. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, introducing yourself to my audience. And everybody who's coming to the Canadian Fitness Business Summit can look forward to uh, hearing more juicy stuff from Joey. Where can we find you, creep you, um, you know, maybe grab your book early if they're not coming to the seminar? Yeah, Um I'm, I post a lot on Facebook. That's where I do a lot of my, my stuff. And I also have my website is just joeypersia.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you a link for the book. Um, I have a, a free plus shipping offer for it. So cool. you guys we'll, we'll get drop that, that or, the show notes, yeah. or it's on Amazon too. But um, yeah, so if you want to get on my email list, like Sarah was saying, it's, uh, you can go to my website and, and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I, I really enjoy being on your email list because I like you, you email very frequently, but I always look forward to them. And I think like I even respond sometimes because yeah. like you bring in like so, so much cool stuff like pop culture or different things around um, like Christmas time and like everything is always so relevant. And I think, you know, I've definitely <laughs> learned a lot just from witnessing you and reading your emails. So if anybody's looking to improve that skill of writing, you know, hook up with Joey and follow along. Cool. Thank you. Thank you Appreciate so much, the, Joey. The kind words. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll awesome. Talk. We'll see you in April. All right, see ya. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am Sarah.Fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 